0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to No Country. My name is J. David Osborne. That is Chris Sacknessum. Chris, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm ecstatic, David. I had had a fun adventure today. Tell me about it. I was driving to Tar-J to pay my (laughs) bill in person, and I got cut off by a guy in a Whiz bang black Jeep Cherokee thing with $2,000 tires all around, right? Yep, yeah, right. And I, I think you'll understand when I say that I signaled my displeasure with that particular cutoff move. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got out of the car. Out of his big, strapped Jeep Cherokee, you know, to come whoop my ass, right? hmm Well, I uh, threw a can to the right, stuck around, and got in his car <laughs> and drove it off the lot. <laughs> and he looked at me like, you can't do that you know it's like well Uh i thought well yes i can (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i embedded that jeep cherokee in a part of north las vegas which is almost entirely spanish speaking (laughs) and he will have to call the cops and he probably has a few warrants out for domestic abuse uh and of course uh, the lads, uh, drove me back to my car and he was long gone. Um, but if he had been there, well, you know, uh, they would have been there with me. So it was a fun, it was a fun moment about holiday rage, uh, on, on the streets, you know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. That's a great story. We're going to be talking about the holidays because we are coming up on one known as Thanksgiving. Um, What do you think, what comes to mind in your mind when you think of Thanksgiving?
1: The first thing that comes to my mind is um, my great aunt, um, who is, um, you know, my uh grandmother's uh sister she she did a lot of the raising of me on a little um street just off san pablo avenue in a really rough uh what well what became a rough area and it's now sort of a very gentrified area of, of berkeley and i ran into you know I, I was only like you know three feet high I ran into uh, her bringing out some french fries. She cooked them, you know, in the the oven just about two days before Thanksgiving. And I couldn't, I got so badly burned and she was, you know, so upset. Um, I, I, I wasn't able to participate in that. Really, that first memory Thanksgiving um but it it really drew my attention to the fact that Thanksgiving is a much bigger idea than just the food and the day it it's about a a getting together um idea and you know i i think about that with um the native american people that i i'm surrounded by i'm i'm in one of the greatest uh native american areas in america well you are too in oklahoma but I mean, you could appreciate where I am um, mm-hmm. that, that feasting and celebration and um, being thankful is bigger than any historic idea, you know. And the people who are against Thanksgiving, uh, well, I, I get kind of tired of them because I, I do think there, it is a bigger idea.
0: Yeah, I agree. I have seen a lot of stuff online about not going to do Thanksgiving this year in particular because of the current situation with the virus and everything like that. But it seems to me to be attached to a thought about Thanksgiving as a concept and the idea that you can trade in the family that you have for your family that you have selected for yourself. So I'm of two minds about this. My first mind is that you should be able to select a family that you enjoy being around that's called your friend group to those of us who have those things where you can kind of get together and you can share values and you can uh, uh, have a good time, drink beers, whatever. But Thanksgiving to me, there's this archetype of a person and it's the drunk uncle at a Thanksgiving Day <laughs> celebration,
1: okay, and
0: I th- I think that if you right now we have the archetypes of the pilgrim and the Native American and the turkey and all this kind of stuff, but I think what Thanksgiving is actually about is the drunk uncle, because you are put into a place that you sort of semi feel obligated to go, where you're surrounded by the people who've raised you, the tribe that you came up in and you're going to necessarily be challenged by a person there who is bound to you by blood and nothing else. And I think that there has been an unfortunate shift away from this idea of blood and being sort of semi-obligated to speak to people who you might not otherwise speak to in favor of a kind of... um, I'm going to be in a place where I am 100% comfortable at all times. Does that resonate with with you?
1: It does, but I I, I do have a question coming up when when you're you're ready. I'm ready. Well, I'm thinking of you and Rios, uh, you know, giving birth to a child, a son that will appear before us all hopefully mm-hmm. um in in April and you're mm-hmm. you're going to be creating your own uh family rituals family uh ceremonies you know you're you're going to be reinventing um and also n- newly creating um some some rituals and ceremonies for your family um you know i I, I think back to um a moment when um uh, my uh, first wife and i met uh two of our friends couple um the first time after college and it was at thanksgiving and it was an enormously awkward time where we were trying we were living so poorly in 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 the midst of 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 you know, a very high crime area. Uh, And and I was working just harder than I would ever like to. Um, But we tried to create this moment of Thanksgiving and we were really working on the paradigm of parents and the past. At a level that we just simply were not economically able to deliver on, you know. I mean, mm, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we, we we were one one phone call away from a murder uh, on the on the street in front of our house. You know, it was like that. Um, and I just wonder. So, how are you looking forward to? Gaining control of of this uh, ritual moment, however, we you know we, we can throw out the ritual. We can say Thanksgiving's wrong, but but really that's just that just sounds terrible to me. I mean, I I think that f- food feasting celebration gratitude at some point uh, in the year that's always going to be appropriate. And I I just don't Mm -hmm, think that mm -hmm. there's anything that will argue against that. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, how are you going to build your family's ritual of thanksgiving? And let's make that two words for a moment, okay? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that's a very great question. I think that looking at that word in particular, I would essentially say that when you get together with a family unit and you are giving thanks for the things that you have, necessarily what you're talking about are also the things that you sort of do not have. So I think that when you get a society that is so spoiled, as our society is, um, you begin to look at Thanksgiving as something that's kind of a burden because now all of a sudden you're not necessarily uh, looking at what you do have. You're looking at all the things that you potentially don't have. And so the answer Mm. to how to Mm. actually accurately give thanks for what you're doing is to go deeper into that idea of not having. And so I think that a good Thanksgiving day tradition would be to, start off in something like a soup kitchen, Uh, perhaps this all takes place the day before Thanksgiving, right? Where it is a day where you wake up early, uh, where you potentially are maybe fasting, right? The idea of fasting before Thanksgiving is really interesting, but you feel a profound sense of lack, and then you go and care for people who are lacking much more than you are. And it has to be sort of grueling. It can't necessarily be um, something that's really easy where you sort of show up and just like spoon things into people's plates. You have to be doing some actual physical work. You have to break a sweat. You have to interact with people who 364 days of the year you otherwise would not interact with. And the idea would be that when you actually hit Thanksgiving and you were there kind of with your family in a warm house with good food and everybody having fun and laughing and et cetera, et cetera, that you'd actually then begin to have thanks for the thing that you are doing in that moment because you've experienced the lack before it. So our current um, sort of movement away from Thanksgiving, I think, has a lot to do with how comfortable and spoiled we are. So there's a bit of an ascetic practice before that that I think would be necessary.
1: Well, I, th- I I hear that. Um could you share with our listeners some of your thoughts on um on diet? And 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 you're a radical dietitian, in my view. Um I don't agree with everything <laughs> that you say. Um uh-huh. but I, I think that what you're talking about, I, what I certainly do agree with is that what you put into your body is, is Mm -hmm. what you put into your mind. I I certainly do agree with that. Um, right. Do you have any thoughts on, on, I don't know, let, let it all hang out, David. I mean, you, you're a dietitian adventurer.
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think that my uh, views specifically with regards to a Thanksgiving day diet have a lot to do with, um, the, relative lack around a Thanksgiving day dinner. So if you have Thanksgiving and it's this big spread of food with turkey and cranberry sauce, mashed potato stuffing, um, the amount of calories that you're consuming in your average Thanksgiving day dinner is not wildly different from the average calories that the average American consumes on a day-to-day basis anyway, right? It's not that it's a significantly larger meal than we're used to. It's that it's a large meal that is different from the other large meals that we continuously eat. So I think that, uh, diet in general is one of the most kind of neglected things that we look at in terms of our mental health. Physical health is pretty obvious, right? If you eat too much, you become obese. And that is, uh, Not a good situation for anybody, whether it's the obese person or the people who have to incur the costs of the obese person or sit next to them on an airplane or what have you, right? It's just not good for anybody. So I think that calorie restriction is very important. I think that the quality of the actual food that you eat is very important. I think that uh, understanding caloric intake is very important if you're a man uh, your average calories should be about 2500 to 3000 a day depending on how much you exercise for a woman it should be between 1500 and 2000 and that's just to create this kind of balance um i think that there's this great idea with thanksgiving though where if you actually for the rest of the year were able to maintain a healthy caloric balance i do like the idea of one day of complete you know dionysian gorging, right? Getting as drunk as you want to, eating as much as you want to, having a festival, right? You know, a cornucopia, literally. Like one of the other symbols of Thanksgiving is this cornucopia. So it's supposed to be this day of abundance and excess. And the problem is now that we have completely flipped that in this country to where every single day of our lives is caloric uh, excess. And then we get this day where you're supposed to be feasting to recognize the other days where you are not feasting and we no longer feel thanks for that, right? So Thanksgiving begins to feel like another chore, right? It's like, well, I already eat so fucking much every day and now I have to do that again, but not just that. I have to listen to my (laughs) drunk uncle talk shit all day. (laughs) Of course people are gonna hate Thanksgiving. It's because their whole yearly paradigm is so messed up and so Americanized that this day seems like hell. Imagine if your job every day, let's say you're a, a porn star, right? I'll keep this PG-13, don't worry. But if your job every day was to have sex with as many people as you could possibly have sex with, well then, when you go home, and some porn stars are like this, they are they are married, you go home and you're supposed to have sex with your wife. What is going to make the sex with your wife interesting in a way that having you know a foursome with these different porn stars right that is different from that that's our relationship to food so if every single day you eat like it's your job you eat like it's your job and then one day they have okay so now this is so hilarious man because in america we have a day where it's like you're gonna eat like a pig and most americans are like what is that Tuesday Wednesday like what's what's special about that you know what I mean but I think that and I'll wrap this up really quick so I think that the large swath of the poor of of the population already eats really bad so a day where you eat a lot and you eat really poorly is not special right But I think in an ideal society, let's say it was a society where you were calorically restricted every other day except for Thanksgiving, and then you got together on this one day and you ate a lot, then you have to deal with the drunk uncle. But the drunk uncle takes on a different uh, uh, sort of significance in your mind. Because now the drunk uncle is the cost that you pay for abundance. So you begin to realize that the cost of living comfortably, the cost of having enough food to go around, is that you have to deal with people who you don't necessarily like or agree with. And when you very significantly take out that abundance thing, and make abundance a thing that happens every day, all you're left with is the drunk uncle, and the person who has been gorging themselves all year thinks to themselves, well, why should I have to put up with this? It's just a regular day, except I don't get to do what I want to do and I have to be around these assholes. That's the problem with Thanksgiving right now.
1: I would just like to point out to our listeners that, that I asked David an innocent question about <laughs> dietary advice for Thanksgiving. And, you know, th- but this is the kind of thing that we get with, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you, mm-hmm. you can't close down, an open mind—that—that's a great expression. I said that actually. You can't close mm-hmm. down an open mind. Um, True. So um, we got a a long um, screed there about some things that are are, are needed to be unpacked. Um, <laughs> you know, really, but you know, I, I think. Oh, by
0: the way, dietary advice. Dietary advice: Eat a lot of protein and healthy fats, and uh, make sure that your beef is grass-fed. There you go.
1: <laughs> See, you, you, you can't stop. You can't stop a, a, an open mind, mm-hmm. can you? Um no. but, uh, but what I want to get to, though, is um, the idea of the drunk uncle and, and the social aspect of not just Thanksgiving um, or Christmas, which is coming up. You know, I heard, I heard the song that drives me around the bend this morning.
0: Uh, Which one is that?
1: Should I share it? Yeah, do it. Oh, here comes Santa Claus. Right down <laughs> Santa Claus Lane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh. I just, when I hear that song, I start to think about uh, how many uh, geological hammers and automatic weapons do I have available mm-hmm. uh, right right now, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm because I, I i just can't uh live with that song i i, I think it's a it's a, it's just an earworm that is just beyond my capacity to deal with but um i want to get back to um you know the drunk uncle because i think that what 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 you were saying was something very important about not just food um but the social occasion of of thanksgiving or christmas you know, we have many, actually, and and, and, and with our young people who are, are struggling to uh, have some redeeming moments about graduation, I don't know. I mean, I, I have mm-hmm. several mm-hmm. of these young people in my life um, that I want to celebrate, uh, and it's just very difficult because we can't kind of, you know, do the thing, right. you know? Um, so we gotta be, you know, zooming and, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, it's not really the same as like, you know, Mm -hmm. having a dance with someone, uh, who's just graduated from university, you know, it's, it's not the same, but let's look at that drunk uncle idea. Um, you know, one of the things that, that, that really, um. Uh, and i'm not sure where to put it in my um writing uh bin um i i've decided not to include it in my uh non-fiction collection that i'm i'm putting out to major agents and, and mm-hmm. the world now um but it was a moment when um i i went over to uh, a friend's house for thanksgiving
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and, and I'm talking about a stage in life when it was still a little bit awkward to know how other people talked about going to the bathroom, you know, mm-hmm. you know, those terms, you know, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, I'm in someone else's house. Um, and you start to reflect on how strange your own house is, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, so I went over to uh, a friend's house for Thanksgiving and um, it, was very cold. it was a very cold day in the Bay Area. I'm from the Bay Area of California. It was very, very cold. And um, there was no smell of anything in the house, no aroma mm. of food, nothing, nothing. Mm. Um, and then the mother of my friend, Called us to the table. And we, of course, congregated at the table. And she produced a completely cold blue turkey.
2: <laughs> it's bad news.
1: Well, and, and you know, it was a it was a moment for me to deal with the fact that that other families had their own crises. Um, she only lived two more months before she committed suicide, um, mm. and um, that was just after Christmas. But I was mm. there on the day that 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 uh, you know <laughs> you you. you as children, we think adults naturally have all the answers. And then it's very difficult to deal with those moments when they don't, when they have fallen <laughs> down, when they're broken, when they're miserable and lost and needing great you know, support. Um, that was my first real encounter in life with a mental health crisis. Um, Mm. And it was on a great day, you know? It it could have been a great day, you know? Um, Right. And I I still don't know what to think about that. I mean, it was a a completely uncooked turkey um, Mm. presented at a table uh, with a maniacal grin. And I... I see that woman still, and I, mm-hmm. I feel for her. Um, I I don't know what lack of of support we're we're giving to mentally you know ill people. Um, right. And you and I talk about what what the definition of mentally ill. I I, I really love that you and I can prosecute, you know, a a, a new idea. Of what mentally ill means, because we've got mm-hmm. we've got, you know, a lot of latitude and gratitude for you know local neighbors who are crazy, um, even our own craziness. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I I would like to see this Thanksgiving be about honoring people who don't fit into. A framework that is easily assimilated.
0: Right. The drunk uncle, for example. Yes. This is a thing that people don't want to admit because it's a difficult thing to admit. It's it's frankly very easy to cast people off to the side if they make you feel uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form. Or even if they do things that are objectionable, that you would have every right to have a word with them about if you if you got into that kind of situation. But thinking about this, uh, this mother with the uncooked, uncooked turkey. um, Yeah, it makes me think that this problem has probably been going on for quite some time. Uh, It would be hard to quantify how far back it would go. I tend to analyze things in terms of 2020, but this is clearly a thing that has been going on for quite some time. And it's interesting that,, um, when I think of that turkey, I think of all the other things in her life that she might have thought were, you know, underdone or underappreciated, right? Because what is the uncooked turkey but like presenting how underappreciated she feels on a day-to-day basis back to everybody who's at that table. That's a sta- it's an artistic statement in a way. Yes, and, it is. Rest in peace.
1: Yes, it is, David. That, that's a great insight. That's a great insight. Follow that through.
0: So, you know, when you're a, per- when you're a mother in particular, and I'm not going to be able to greatly articulate this because I have never been or uh, will never be one, but, but I've had one. Uh, being a mother is a very thankless job. Uh, You are essentially tasked with sort of developing a family, especially um, years ago uh, when, you know, it was like the gender roles were more kind of traditional, right? Where a man went out and made all the money, the woman was tasked with doing X, Y, Z. But I think that the amount of uh, the lack of appreciation that a, a person might feel for what is essentially a thankless job could eventually worm their way into a person's brain and uh, manifest itself the way it manifested uh, for her, her, you know? And who knows what the inciting incident was that made her uh, eventually go through with a suicide, but there was very clearly some um, lack of acceptance that she was feeling in that moment. And in a broader sense, how how I would bring in the drunk uncle to all that, I think that Everybody is is in need of a a feeling of warmth and camaraderie and a day in particular where everybody just gets together and and in a mystical way feels each other's uh, presence, right? And unfortunately, this woman, I think, had probably been through some things where she was cut off from it and thought of everything as a task to be completed and a thankless one at that. And at that point, she had just checked out.
1: Well, I think that's a very good read, and I, I um, you know, I hope that what we're doing is is injecting back some thankfulness, you know, not mm-hmm. just for the Thanksgiving, but um, I mean, you and I have have it, 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 in different ways survived.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, by grace beyond our imagining. I mean, I, I, I mm-hmm. certainly think that, and, um, you, you're younger, but I, I know a little bit about your background and I don't think mm-hmm. you'd be here without some grace, um, nope. beyond, uh, your, uh, planning. Um, mm-hmm. so let we will try to, um, build that into our, um, our podcast series and 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 the, the the idea that we're the brand that we're building of, of, of mm-hmm. hope and um, mm-hmm. but I, I I do have an interesting other contra story um, which i I think was a very wonderful moment in my life, and mm-hmm. it's about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade.
0: Oh, classic. We would watch that every Thanksgiving. My mother was obsessed with it. She would turn it on TV, I would wake up to it. Um I have nothing but fond memories about the about the Macy's Day Parade.
1: It it is it, it's simply a great American institution and I think it's a great institution in the heart of of New York. Um you know, I mean I I'm not from New York. You're not from New York. Um, but but everyone identifies with New York because it's it is the greatest American city of all time. And um mm-hmm. it, it, it was um one of the coldest days that the the, the parade had ever been launched. And I came mm-hmm. down from my uh New England college um and I, you know, I, the thing is, and I've just posted on Facebook about how hard I had to work at that New England college to, to even be there. Um, so I'm, I'm not really, uh, too keen on accepting, the uh, the privilege idea because I, I fucking worked really hard. Um, and I worked harder than harder, you know, um, but I, I came down with some friends and um well we took a, we took some substance, as Terrence McKenna would say, uh on a beautiful, beautiful, clear, brilliantly clear November day. And uh I lost track of my friends, uh because in part you know, of the substance, but also just because it was such a beautiful day. And I found myself next to this family of black people. And uh, the older boy who was not that old was being left behind. And I I, I said to him, you know, I, I signaled, you know, do you want to get up on my shoulders? And of course he just did. He just he, right. he just did. There was no question about it. And then we went mm-hmm. off into the crowd, you know, and he would get, you know, a hot pretzel for us or you know, his family weren't going, Oh, some white god just stole our kid You know. Mm-hmm. You know, no one was saying anything about anything in those days. It was just like, let's be cool with the day. And Mm -hmm. we all ended up back in a in their apartment in the Bronx for a Thanksgiving feast, if you like. I mean it was not Mm -hmm. like a it was not like a Greenwich, Connecticut feast, but it was a pretty good feast and and no one said to me, Oh, you can't walk off with my black son into this crowd. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. It was just it was those days were different. It was just they were not about um, restrictions or boundaries. they were about hope and i think mm-hmm. I, I would like to think that that today we can get back to the idea of hope for thanksgiving mm-hmm. do you hear me yeah. yeah yeah,
0: no, I definitely hear you. I definitely hear you. I think that that is uh probably the most important take away from the whole holiday and it's what people need the most and it's what I'm honestly uh, disturbed and a bit dismayed about the discourse that I see surrounding this thing about you know getting rid of your family and and just you know going off with your friends and doing whatever to me that seems like um the experience that you had at the Macy's parade is super important because I think that it should be a day where people slough off all of this bullshit that they have been saddled with and are just like, Hey, this is a guy who is in this whole thing with, I think concerts performed this task back when people could go to concerts. Yes, it was kind of yes. like, a, it's, 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 it's kind of like the, um, who's the guy who invented the temporary autonomous zones. What was his name? Um, anyway, it's a temporary autonomous zone. Where everybody is able to sort of like ignore all the things that society says that they should be and allows you to become who you actually are, which is used in some kind of unsavory ways, I think. But in the context of a holiday where everybody is getting together with family, I think can be uh, uh, really important. And the concept of hope, uh, I just kind of want to briefly introduce some some more uh, Fortiana into the podcast if that's all right with you. Um Do it. Is that cool?
1: No, okay, good. Cool.
0: Cuz I think I think hope uh is necessarily ne- hope necessarily comes from a sense of wonderment and enchantment with the world around you, and I think that the uh, Charles Ford and his ideas of um you know not having these kind of codified solidified facts in your mind and instead having just this openness to what's going on around you is a big problem that we have today so i have if you're ready for it uh, a fun foridian <laughs> thanksgiving nugget right i'm ready um so apparently the the Fordian times are still going really strong and there's a of a, a, a charles fort society uh, message board. And I found this on the message board. And it's actually from very recently. This is from um, early November of this year. And it's from a user named Analog Boy. So, you know, shout out to Analog Boy. But he's talking about uh, stuffing, the stuffing that we put into turkeys, right? And he goes from there. And I'm quoting, the historical experiments of stuffing poultry with fruit go back to a time where it was commonly believed that acids were necessary in the creation of batteries, and therefore electricity. Many, having read Frankenstein, performed their own experiments to see whether birds could be reanimated with plums in the oven. This unsuccessful endeavor gives us the term plum duff. The traditional stuffing we use on turkeys at Christmas today is actually based on the scientific workings of Josiah Cook, invented the sage and onion battery back in 1707 when he mixed sage onion chestnut a lemon and a few herbs to cause a plucked chicken to dance about doing the hokey pokey with entertaining nods and winks to the prospective diners even more impressive when you consider its head was in a bucket by the fire all right so there's a few things there so i looked up this whole onion battery thing And apparently an onion battery is real. If you take an onion and you drill about 30 holes in it and soak it in an energy drink so it gets all those electrolytes going, and then you plug an iPhone into it, you just take the iPhone charger and plug it straight into that onion, it is an extremely low voltage of charge, but the iPhone will register as charging in that onion. So I think that's interesting to begin with. There's a video that was reported in the Daily Mirror in the UK, which I think is kind of a tabloid newspaper, but we're not we're not picking favorites here. We're just going with, with whatever's cool. Um, to uh, uh, 2019, where there was a family who was uh, fixing up their their dinner, and uh, a chicken, raw chicken that's on the table, uh, began to slowly crawl its way off the plate and onto the floor. Right. So there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. But I, I just I, I love that our uh, some of our Thanksgiving traditions are based in this deeply weird shit. And I, I'm worried about us losing the deeply weird shit and what kind of amazing traditions we could make out of that.
1: Well, you know, um, my, my greatest mentor, uh, Bob, said life is too short. For anything less than genius, and Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that you are, unfortunately, on that (laughs) spectrum. I don't know what what, you get. I don't know what that will mean for your life path, but I think it's it's immensely entertaining, and and I hope people uh, appreciate. You know, um. were you dropped on your head as a child? I mean,
0: I, I, Not that I know of. Not that I know of. <laughs> uh, Could have been.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I I think there may be a chance of that, that. But, you know, I hope people appreciate just that, you know, David only goes off on, on a few, you know, rants and riffs in a musical sense. I, I, I think a musical sense when he really feels like the call uh he he's mm-hmm. basically pretty well restrained as as a I mean as a human being I just
0: I just listen to the to the spirit man I just wait for the spirit to move me that's all yeah
1: okay <laughs> well mm-hmm. but I think there's some interesting ideas that are presented here that um um that really challenge our idea of well Everything. You know what we're going to get to with with the um the, the next phase of our podcast is a prosecution of Charles Fort's ideas, and which I think is really important because he was one of the happiest skeptics, a joyful skeptic, um, and an empowering skeptic, uh that, that led us all into a, a challenge of scientism, and an enjoyment of science at its best, you know. So he was both things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that um, what what Dave and I are, are are going to do in the next sort of trajectory is um, look at some of, of Charles Fort's ideas really closely, mm-hmm. have some fun with where these ideas have gone and yep. really lead to, I hope some personal experimental projects of our own, because we are all scientists. Are we not, David? Mm-hmm. We are. We we don't have to uh, just give way to the scientific experiments of other people we 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 can actually do some things ourselves and um uh, mm-hmm. i I think this is enormously powerful this is uh part of my um major textbook for uh rutledge press i i I advocate people not just writers you know but people ordinary people get in control of day to day uh observational science, you know?
0: Back in the day, we had a priest cast of people who uh, would hand down texts from on high and they wore these very specific robes and they had a very specific way of of giving information out to people and we've transposed that into scientism where there are people who are also wearing uh, a very specific uniform. There's no real reason why a scientist has to wear a lab coat when they make public appearances but... They still do that as a sign of authority. And I think that you and I are trying to... Oh, oh bless you, bless you. No, no worries. Um, we're trying to kind of like blow the lid off of all that kind of stuff so that people can start thinking for themselves. I think as we're sort of winding up, you brought up a concept about grace. And so I think that the way that a typical podcast talking about Thanksgiving would wind up would be to talk about... What does it mean to give thanks? What does thanksgiving actually mean? But I'm interested in this concept of grace. So I want to put the ball in your court. What does grace mean to you?
1: Well, thank you. Um, it, it does begin with um, stepping beyond oneself um, to be thankful to, to bigger powers even if we don't understand what those powers mean um and i i think this is something i, I, I see in my um, my local um native american community um they are enormously proud to have participated in uh say the american military efforts and um to be with them on Armistice or or, or you know Veterans Day, uh, is a haunting ceremony, of of belief beyond what they understand, and and by rights, what they shouldn't agree with. Um, so I think that grace starts with um, a belief in something, uh, uh, larger powers larger powers mm. and and mm-hmm. that the also that, that it begins with an idea that maybe our own powers of social connection are greater than what we think i mean i, mm. I i'm i i'm a better teacher than i was 10 years ago to uh enormously challenged uh you know black students Mm -hmm. and people of color. Um, I didn't set out to be that, you know, I wasn't my, my, you know, I didn't just have a business plan to do that. Um, But I I, I just listened to um, a deeper heart. And um, hopefully I've been something that that does mean something to uh, people from very different backgrounds. Um, So I think grace starts with humility and respect and um, that that we can actually be part of a magic uh, that is bigger than us if we just subsume ourselves into that magic.
0: Love it. Love that. That's great. I think that um, that's a very astute and powerful uh, thing to say. I think that I want to leave people thinking about what it means, uh, what grace means, thinking about what Thanksgiving means, thinking about what their relationship to their drunk uncle actually means. What does all this mean for you? And if I could, I would like to end it with a quote from Paul Tillich. Are you familiar with Paul Tillich? I am. <laughs> okay,
1: cool. I am. So My I am was I'm, I'm quite into it.
0: I am a, I'm currently reading a, a book of essays by, by Paul Tillich, uh, and I'm, I'm getting really into... So he's a theologian, right? He's a Christian theologian, German-American. Um, and he has this great quote about grace that I thought I would share just to close it out. Is that cool with you? It is. All right. So here's the quote. Grace strikes us when we are in great pain and restlessness. It strikes us when we walk through the dark valley of a meaningless and empty life. It strikes us when our disgust for our own being, our indifference, our weakness, our hostility, and our lack of direction and composure have become intolerable to us. It strikes us when, year after year, the longed-for perfection of life does not appear When the old compulsions reign within us as they have for decades, when despair destroys all joy and courage. Sometimes, at that moment, a wave of light breaks into our darkness and it is as though a voice were saying, you are accepted.